Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Moment, let's teach the Word here and then we'll receive communion. The subject of divine healing and divine health certainly is extremely controversial. Many, many churches don't really believe that there's healing available to the believer that the believer can appropriate. Now, that's, that's a real, how can you say that? That's a real sticky subject right there because you can ask most Christians or most churches or talk to most pastors or ministers and they'll agree that there is an ability in God to heal. I mean, you know, it's in the Bible and, you know, maybe somebody had heard of somebody getting healed. But to actually believe that a, a person could, could be attacked or come down with, however you want to say it, a, a, a sickness, a disease, and actually uh, believe God, pray and be healed, be prayed for and be healed, be anointed with oil, be ministered to by the by the power of God, and be healed, well, it's pretty much written off to the, well, it, that can happen. Sure, that can happen, but it's got to be wrapped up in some kind of sovereignty issue, you know, where, where God kind of deals it out, and, 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 you know, if you just happen to be there when it's dealt, you're going to get it. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, we're living in a time in which... Uh, the medical profession, I guess you, the, uh, the big three is what it's called, the medical, pharmaceutical, and insurance uh, companies have created a, a, a huge conglomerate of things that have to do with the issues of health, healing, uh, you know, surgery, cancer, all the different things that you know and talk about. There's actually now, you know, cancer is such a huge in industry now that they have whole hospitals that are dedicated. They're cancer hospitals. That's all they deal with there. They don't deal with anything else. Now, the, th the, the thought in society is that you should, as an individual, give the responsibility for your health over to a physician, to a doctor. Now, first of all, we're not in any way opposed to doctors. We love doctors. We have several doctors that come here to the church. But here's the thing. As you become a student, as you study the Word of God, first of all, the Word of God itself has the ability to heal you. Secondly, you must understand that there is a process that any Christian can enter into that can appropriate healing and health into their life from the Word of God. But you just have to have the want to to do it. You have to have the want to to do it. Now, we were around Dr. Oral Roberts for several years, and, and he, he was a real proponent of how God and, and medicine worked together. And actually, he built a hospital up there in which... All of the doctors were spirit-filled. All of the nurses were spirit-filled. And the problem they had is they ended up doing less treatment and seeing more people getting healed. That's what happened. They'd, people would be going into the surgery, and you'd have two nurses praying in tongues with their hands on them. You'd have the doctor praying in tongues. And when they get into the surgery room, they'd take an x-ray, and they say, well, we don't need to do surgery anymore. Even they did a surgery on Dr. Roberts himself on his nose, and he had a, something growing inside of his nose, and they went in there and cut that thing out, and he began to bleed profusely, and they couldn't stop him. So the anesthesiast woke him up and said, Dr. Roberts, lay your hands on your nose. You're bleeding to death. He laid his hands on his nose, and the bleeding stopped. 
<laughs> Amen. So we must understand something about the nature of God if we're going to talk about healing, and that is His compassion. God is a very compassionate God, a very loving God, and He cares very much about people. That's why I believe we have the medical profession that we have is because there are so many people that do not have information on the Word of God. Therefore, they literally have no other, you know, no other way to go except to the doctor to be healed. So thank God for it. Amen. But now in dealing with what we're dealing with in this uh, series of teachings, we're dealing with divine healing. And not only that, because divine healing is really not God's best. Divine health is God's best. That is the will of God for every Christian, for every believer, and it is also the will of God for us to live out our life. I'm gonna, as we get into the fall a little bit, I'm going to do a couple of these on longevity, how to live a long time. God wants you to live out your years in blessing and prosperity, and then literally, you know, He wants you to uh, pretty much uh, uh, go to heaven uh, the way you choose to. And, and listen, you don't have to go to heaven sick. And you don't have to get sick and die to go to heaven. You can go to heaven uh, the way you desire to. And I believe more and more people need to understand that and realize that. I remember listening to some teaching from one minister, and a, uh, an 86-year-old woman in his church was dying of cancer. He literally said had a tumor so big in her stomach you could almost see it through her back. He said it looked like purple, like an eggplant in her back. And she told her pastor, she said, let me die. Let me go to heaven. Just let me die and go to heaven. He said, I ain't going to do it. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to let you die and go to heaven. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to believe God for you to be healed. And, and if you want to die after you get healed, then you just go ahead and die. But I'm not going to believe you go to, go, to, go to heaven like this. And they prayed and believed God, and she was healed and lived to be 94 years old. So one of the things we must realize, a question was asked me. I taught many years up at Abundant Life in their school of ministry on the subject of faith. I had two courses that I wrote. One called the principles of faith, the other faith in action. At the end of faith in action, which would always be at the end of the year, I would open one, one uh, class up to questions and answers. And, and, and all of the question and answers on faith are things that I've either studied out or proved out. The number one question that was asked just about every year was this. Pastor Rusty, when I first got saved, it seemed like anything that attacked my body all I had to do was go down to the altar, be prayed for, be anointed with oil, and I was healed right there at the altar. But then as years began to go by, I noticed that happened less and less and less, and I was more and more subject to sickness and disease. And it seemed, now this is the, the, the quote that was used, it seemed a lot harder to be healed. Anybody ever experienced that? I mean, most of us have when we first came to know the Lord. I remember as a young child being healed of several things. It just went down there, and Pastor Goodwin just, uh, Brother Goodwin just laid hands on me, and I never had it again. hadn't had it since then. That's been 50-something years ago. So we must understand that there is a, a, a way that God ministers to, to people who are babes in Christ, just like in the natural, the way we minister to children. There's a whole lot, a whole lot that a little baby can't do. So you're going to take care of that little child. But then that child, it's required of them to grow up. And that is the key when it comes to divine health and divine healing in the body of Christ today is that we grow up in Christ. And actually, it's, the best way to put it is like this is that we grow up into healing. We grow up into health. We don't just sit around and, and, and bide our time waiting for the next, quote, you know, physical attack to come. 
But every day, and I like to use this terminology because if you don't use it, people think it's a labor. But I like to say it like this. Every day you ought to celebrate your healing. You say, what do you mean by that? Every day you ought to have a time of worship and praise in which you lift your hands and you take scriptures out of the Bible. I do it every day. I do it both consciously and I do it unconsciously. I've done it so long that I'll wake up in the mornings and those scriptures will be rolling in my head. I guess I've been thinking on them all night. Now you, you, uh, my, my confession goes like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you. you. You are still Jehovah Rapha, the healer and the health of my body. For Jesus was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that by his stripes I am healed. I always bring it into the present because faith is a now subject. Amen. I say, thank you, Heavenly Father. You've blessed my bread and my water. You've taken all sickness and symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and I forget not your benefits. Thank you that you forgive all iniquity. Thank you that you heal all disease. Thank you that you redeem my life from destruction. You crown me with loving kindness and tender mercy so that my youth is renewed like an eagle's. Thank you, Father, that I've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've not given me a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind that the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it abides and it dwells in me. Now, if I'm being attacked by a symptom of some kind, I always put this in on that particular scripture. I say it like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you. When I was born again, your spirit came to abide. In that spirit is healing power. By faith and through confession, I release that healing power into my body right now, resisting this symptom, resisting this the temptation to be sick, and thanking you for my healing and my health. You say, now why would you say that? Because that's where healing is. Healing is not up in heaven waiting to be dispersed to you. Healing is in you. Healing is, listen, if we could ever tap into the full potential of the healing power of God in our human spirit, we could clean out the hospitals. You say, why don't we do it then? Well, one reason it works is the Spirit of God wills. Second reason is, if we did something like that, it would cause such turmoil, it'd throw everything upside down. God likes order. Amen. And a lot of, listen, you just got to have to understand, a lot of people just won't receive healing. You know, years ago, years ago, Alan had just come back to the Lord. One of the first meetings that I took him to, we went up to a large Assembly of God church in Houston. I went up there to share my testimony. He rode up there with me, and I'm, I'm using him because he can testify to this and, and, and say that it was so. And uh, so I got up there and got to share, and there was, I don't know, uh, maybe a couple of hundred men there. We ate dinner. We, 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 we fellowshiped a little bit. Then I got up and started sharing my testimony. Then I started sharing some things, and the Spirit of God came on me, and I began to get some words of knowledge about healing. Now, one particular one was of a back condition in a, in a certain gentleman. And, and, and you know, I, I literally got the, the word of knowledge and saw the individual and pointed to him. And the individual said this, no, that's okay. Remember that, Alan? No, that's okay. I'm doing all right. I don't need that. Now, this, isn't, this, this wasn't some, some uh, uh, you know, person that, that didn't know the things of God, didn't know about the Holy Ghost, didn't know about the power of God. This is someone that knew that. But they were unwilling to embrace even the compassion or mercy of God that was being released to them at that moment for fear of I don't know what. 
I don't know what it, what, what it was. It just, and what it did to me is it stopped the anointing, stopped the ministry going on right there, and I just basically gave an altar call and turned it back over to the pastor. Now, we must understand that we have to embrace this doctrine even though it may be controversial. Uh, the Bible talks about faith. We've, we're teaching on faith on Sunday mornings. And, and you know, the Bible says in Romans 12, to every man is given a measure. That's man or woman is given a measure of faith. It says in, where is it? Over in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For by grace are we saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. So God imparts faith to the sinner for salvation. The Bible says it is the gift of God. In the same way, God imparts faith to the believer for healing and health. And now that you don't get it by, by, by the gift, so to speak, or by the, by the supernatural, for by the spectacular of a ministry or of a healing crusade, you must appropriate it by your faith. Amen? Now, now tying this to communion tonight, over in 1 Corinthians Chapter 11 again. First of all, go to chapter 10 first. Chapter 10, verse 16 says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Now notice this. For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Now, that's really a very simple scripture. And it literally talks about us being one together in Christ, in the body of Christ. Amen. Now, you get over to chapter 11, and the Apostle Paul begins to expound on this more. And he, uh, look there in verse, uh, verse 17, it says, Now, in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better but for the worse. Now, this is very interesting. First of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions. Everybody say divisions. Divisions among you, and I partly believe you, for there must be also heresies. Everybody say heresies. For there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Now, literally what he's saying, now you got to understand, church, this Corinthian church was, was popping with the supernatural. I mean, it was flowing and going with the supernatural. I mean, this is where the Apostle Paul had to teach on the gifts of the Spirit. He had to teach on a lot of these other things, put it in order. But I'm telling you, there was a flow of the divine there. And of this group of people, he said, I'm telling you, you got a bunch of division and a bunch of heresy in you. Now, one of the, the, the things, the, the scripture that he says right here, this is interesting, in verse 19. Let me read it in the Amplified. It says, for doubtless there have, there, there have to be factions or parties among you in order that they who are genuine and approved fitness may become evident and plainly recognized among you. Now, what are you saying this? He says there are people saying this, people saying that. People saying this, people saying that. But what's going to happen is that which is really of God is going to float to the top, like cream to the top, and everybody is going to know, now that's what's of God. Amen? Now, one of the things that we need to understand as a church, when it comes to the body of Christ here at Island Church, that's one of the things, if we're going to be a healing center in which we stay healed, and I'm telling you, over the years we've really proved it out. 
from the swine flu to the flu seasons that we've gone through. And, and oh, sure, there's been an attack here, an attack there. But for the most part, we've never really been devastated by anything that's come through here. I've heard of other churches that a third to a half of their church has been out with the flu. We've never seen anything like that here. Now, that doesn't mean nobody's been attacked, but, but in those attacks many times, I know in our family, many of the attacks that would come, instead of lasting for weeks, instead of lasting for months, they last a couple of days. Because we appropriate that healing power. Now, the divisions. Many times divisions come when doctrine and experience does not line up. You say, well, Pastor, I'll tell you, I've been believing God for healing for five years, and I'm sicker than I've ever been. Well, that still doesn't nullify the healing power of God. And the thing to do is to keep yourself separate from information that would cause you to begin to doubt and keep yourself connected to information that will cause faith to come. Many times when people don't receive healing, the first thing they do is they just allow the Internet to just pour onto them all kinds of information about their problem. And also, there are plenty of preachers on the Internet that will tell you why God will not heal you. And you can't afford to listen to that. Not if you want to get healthy. Now notice what it says. Let's go down a little further. It says, When you come together, therefore, into one place, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? For in eating, everyone taketh before his, uh, his own supper. And uh, one is hungry, another is drunken. What have you not houses to eat in, to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God? And shame them that have not. What I say, what shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? I praise you not. Now, Literally, Paul is saying this. Listen, Corinthian church. If anything should be the great equalizer in the church, it should be our communion service. Now let me say that again. If any, everything should bring us all into parity, not the big you, the little I, not the rich, the poor, not some, some ethnic division. If anything should bring us all on the same page, bring us all into unity, connect us all together, literally, it should be our communion service. In that communion service, we should come together as the body of Christ because as the body of Christ, we each have the Holy Ghost by measure. One has a measure, another has a measure, another have a measure, you have your measure, I have my measure. We come together and we have a greater measure of the anointing in our unity. So one of the things the enemy is constantly trying to do is to break that unity because he knows if those people get together in unity over that subject, I can't make them sick no more. I can't make them sick, I can't keep them sick. So when we come together in communion, what we're doing is we're celebrating the blood and the body, the spilled blood and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, studying some things in the, uh, this week, looking at some things in the Scripture, studying some historical things through some books I've gotten, I went back and checked up in the Gospels what happened at the Last Supper. Now, the Last Supper was a, quote, communion service, but it was not a New Testament communion service. It was a Passover celebration. But that Last Supper led to what we celebrate as communion today because it was part of the beginning of what they call the Passion of Christ, the time in which he went to the garden and prayed, in which he was abused and suffered torture by the Roman government, in which he was hung on the cross, in which he rose from the dead. Everybody with me? In every example in the Gospels, 
We know by history that the table of the Passover was set in a certain way. The cups of the participants of the Passover supper, the cup of the Messiah, which is not touched. Amen? The showbread, which represent the will of man, which stood upon the table. Literally, that's the bread that Jesus took up. That was not eaten either. Now, as, they, as he began to, to, to sit down, he became the first man in history to handle that piece of bread and that cup. So when I went in and began to look at that, I marveled at what I saw. With the cup, he took it, and what did he do? He said, you drink it. He's the one that's supposed to drink it. But he said, you drink it. With the bread, he took and broke it, and he said, you eat. You partake of it. You know, there's a scripture over in Philippians where Paul said, uh, uh, that I might know him, uh, and what is the fellowship of his suffering. When you fellowship in the suffering of Christ, you don't go out and beat yourself with a stick and, and suffer and say, oh, I'm suffering for Jesus, or you don't get sick and lay up in the hospital. No, what you do is you fellowship in those events. You take those words, you live in those words, you see what's going on, you fellowship in that, and that makes the reality of it hit or impact your spirit man. That's how faith comes, through the information of the word, by living in that. So as Jesus did that, and as he began to minister unto his disciples, and as the apostle Paul received that revelation and began to talk about how the cup was given and the cup was shared, how the bread was broken and the bread was shared, we must realize, one of the best ways to say it, is that we all possess a cup. See it like that. That gets poured into. Now, the, the thing is, is you got to fight to keep your cup pure. Oh, what did David say in Psalms 23? He said, uh, uh, he anoints my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Well, it wasn't running over with, with, with everything that was going on in the nation. It wasn't running over with, with the problems he was having in his family. It wasn't running over. It was running over with all the revelation and the goodness he had of God. My cup runneth over. Now, the cup in which we hold that is ours is that which keeps us close to God. That's which is the most precious to us. Now, living in an information age, it is difficult to keep your cup pure because when our cups are pure and we come together in communion, then we all have something to pour out of purity together with. You may not be sick, but the person sitting next to you may be sick. You might not be infirm, but the person sitting next to you. We carry each other in the body. Amen? The same way with the bread. So therefore, you've got to guard yourself, guard your heart, guard your cup, and be careful what's poured into your soul. Because what gets poured into your soul can create an emotion or a feeling. And if you're not careful, that feeling many times can be used by your adversary to think that it's God. Amen. One scripture, real quick. I'm watching my time here so that I don't. Go to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians. Just for the sake of time. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, now notice this, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I love this in the Amplified. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome, worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, 
but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of isn't that amazing it doesn't say yourself you won't find much selfishness, selfishness woven into the new covenant most things that have to do with self are this humble yourself submit yourself but we only edify each other through what we say to one another. And many times what we say to one another either greatly edifies or pollutes. Amen? Now listen, every one of us is, is don't, don't, don't think we're trying to pick on somebody or say, you know, somebody's doing this or doing that. We've all been in the place where we have said things that we should not have said. And, and if you can raise your hand and say, not me, then we'll cast lying devil out of you later. Every one of us has been there. Every one of us have had things happen that are emotional, that are painful, that are hurtful. And it just seems like at the moment when you communicate it to others, there's some type of relief. That's your flesh. I said, that's your flesh. Your flesh feels relieved at times. I got to tell man, I tell you, they mess me around at work. I'm telling you, I, I got to tell somebody this. I'm telling you, it's just eating on me and eating on me. Well, it does not eat on you any less when you tell somebody. It just gets bigger teeth. That's what it does. If you've had a disappointment, if you've had a setback, whatever it is, you've got to make sure that you don't communicate that and spoil your own cup or poison your own cup through communication. And because you say, well, why not? Well, it's not so much about your own personal health. It's about the health of all of us. It's about keeping the entire body that you're a part of healthy. I love hearing the testimonies of people that come up in the prayer line and they're fighting for their health and, and all of a sudden and they come back and they say, well, Pastor, I'll tell you, I, I, I believe God and I had to go through a little treatment. I had to take some medication. But now I, say, I always ask them, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Well, all things being equal, they probably should still be either on treatment or medication, but God has delivered them and healed their body. We had a visitor this morning. She met us on the, on the way out. She said, well, I'm sure glad I came to Island Church today and got my leg fixed. Remember that? She telling us at the door. Got my leg fixed. She still sits in there kicking her leg. Well, you say, well, that's because some great gift was in operation. No, that's because we together in unity have something to pour out for people so that they can receive health and healing. In your own life, your cup should be full of that which I just confessed. And you can add more to that. Uh, in my confession, what I do is I, when I get to the end of that, thank you, Heavenly Father, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. It quickens. It makes alive my mortal body. Now, body, you listen to me. I am speaking to you, blood. I am speaking to you, bones and marrow. I am speaking to you, glands and organs. I am speaking to you, my body. I am speaking to you. No virus, no disease, no infirmity, no growth. No tumors can find a place of habitation in my body. I do that every day. I say, Father, I thank you that I walk in divine health. Then I, then I get over into the, into the ministry part of it. Thank you that we lay hands on the sick, they recover. Thank you, and this is one of my strongest confessions. Thank you, Father, that the spoken word will bring health and healing to people's body. And then I just say, Lord, I thank you for the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Bring those power gifts, the working of miracles, the, the, the gifts of healing, special faith. Let it work and operate in Island Church. If anybody comes to Island Church that flows in them those gifts, 
Let them rise to the top and operate at their greatest level. Thank you, Father, for healing and health being one of the trademark realities of the body of Christ here at Island Church. For Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then always in it like this, with long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Now, one scripture, then we'll receive communion. Is this helping anybody tonight? Now, notice there in, in, back in Ephesians, excuse me, back in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11. The Apostle Paul says, and sometimes you've got to kind of read in between the lines and listen to the intent of what's being said. Verse, uh, verse 30 says, For this cause many are weak, many are sickly among you, and many sleep or die prematurely. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Now, him just saying that insinuates that there should not be sick people in the church. Now, did you hear what I just said? Him just saying that insinuates that there should not be sick people in the church. So he uses the terminology for this cause. Many are weak, many are sickly, and I don't like that word, many. Many are sick, many are weak, and many among you die prematurely. You know, we haven't, we haven't really had that at Island Church. Most of the people that we've ever buried have lived out their years. Now, we've had a couple of exceptions, but most people have lived out their years. And I believe in the future, more and more of us will live out our years. Because if we will judge ourselves. Now, if you go back up into the Scripture, and we know as we've studied, it talks about receiving communion unworthily or in an unworthy fashion. Well, that goes right back to everything we just said about keeping your cup pure and about communion being the great equality issue in the body of Christ. How we don't come rich, we don't come poor, we don't come black, we don't come white, we don't come Hispanic. We come as blood-washed children of Almighty God. And if we will see ourselves as that, and recognize that our communication one to another is the bond that either pulls us together or it's the bond that, that divides us. I'm getting quiet in here. You say, what do you mean by that? It is, it is either the bond that pulls us together in health or will divide us in sickness and infirmity. I've seen people for many years, that, and I've watched them over the years that, that got, got some little thing happen to them. They get mad at the church, get mad at the pastor, run off somewhere else. And the very thing that they got healed of in the body in which they were in, next thing you know, five months, they've got it again. And it's worse than it ever was. Because they did not judge themselves in that situation. They did not keep their cup pure. You say, what cup is that? Your communion cup. That which is, is of communion one with another and with the Lord Jesus Christ, it has not been kept pure. And now that which God gave you through great impartation of power and anointing, you've lost it. And I've always noticed those type of people many times, oh, it's, that's the craziest thing. I've seen some crazy things. But it, 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 the pride is such a, uh, such a hateful, horrible thing. That's why God hates it so much that pride will rise up on the inside. And many times people will go to their grave whether the, rather than admit, well, I was wrong. 
I just need to go get right and, and, you know, go back to the pastor and tell him, you know, I was wrong and wrong to say this, wrong to do that, wrong to say and just get back in the graces of God, get recovered, get my healing back. I've seen people die. Lee and I were ministering to somebody the other day and told the story of someone that sat in our living room dying, dying. And I pleaded with them. And I said, can you be healed? And they looked us right in the face and said, no, I'm going to die. Pride. Wouldn't get their cup clean. And man, that sure, they had had some hurt. They had had some pain. They had had some bad things happen. And they had spent months rehearsing that and talking, but now they're dying. And what was amazing is they were dying and the doctors couldn't figure out why. And, and what, did, what was the phrase? They, oh, I'm too bitter. I said, I'm too bitter. I've gotten too bitter. And they died. And it was sad. And we wept. And they were too bitter. And, and it was a wake-up call to me to realize and recognize that I ain't got no business judging you. I better judge myself in these areas about how I communicate, about how I talk, about what I say, and keep that which is in my life pure because every one of us, you know, one day will need God's healing power. We probably all need it every day. We don't realize how much mercy and grace puts on us to keep us healed. Amen. But listen, for this cause, what is that cause? The true cause, if you study it here, is not discerning that we are a body and how dependent we are on one another. You say, well, I don't need so-and-so. You know, you might, you might need them. Well, I don't need this person. I don't need that person. We all need each other because in talking about the church, the ecclesia, there's no reference to anything outside it being organic. You say, what do you mean by that? The head of the church is Jesus organically and we are his body in the earth. There is really no corporate reference. But people have taken corporate teaching and corporate information and applied it to the body of Christ. And all of a sudden the real divine connection of the head and the body is starting to be broken because of that. And we have people today that are building huge churches with thousands of people that say things like, well, you don't want to be controversial. And one of the number one issues you never want to land on is that healing issue. Because what if you pray for somebody and they die? I remember when Brother Osteen, he was telling the testimony. He got baptized with the Holy Ghost and started talking about healing. God had healed their daughter, Lisa. He was still pastoring Hibbard Memorial Baptist Church over in Houston. And he had about 80% for him and about 20% against him. So they brought him a test case. I know I always remember how he told the story. It's always hilarious. They brought him a test case. They're going to try him out in this healing subject. He said they found the sickest old man they could find in Houston. He said he was dying of 15 different diseases and brought him to the church, laid him up there and said, Now, Brother Osteen, you pray for him. You heal him. And, and, and so uh, uh, he said, what, what do you think happened? He, he said, I prayed for him. He died. <laughs> and everybody was like, Yeah, we told you. We told you. Heal is not for today. He said what was amazing was about three weeks after that, we had a little girl who was born with a deformed foot. And he said that little girl had been, you know, the doctor said, well, basically the best thing we could do would probably be to take the foot off and let her have some type of prosthesis, is that what you call it, in order to have a normal life. And he said, so we just believe God for healing. No, no, no big eye, little you. The church just prayed and believed God. She said one day during a service, she just stiffened up in her chair and everybody kind of blinked their eyes and looked down. That foot was perfectly whole, perfectly healed. Well, see, God loves. He delights in doing that kind of stuff. 
and we want it more and more in the church, and it's not going to come because somebody has a healing gift working in their ministry. We thank God for that. We see that in operation from time to time. But the true healing power of God comes in the unity of the body of Christ when it is together in oneness and unity, and we're pouring into each other's cups the right thing that causes healing, health, and edification, and we're looking out for the spiritual welfare of one another by guarding that which hurts us in our own lives, making sure that's not communicated to others so that the health of God can reign and rule in the body completely. You know, one of the, one of the amazing things about the body the physical human body. Lee and I experienced this with a, a man that, one of, an amazing testimony of our field ministry is a, a man was uh, uh, in a meeting of ours. I called him out. I saw him sitting and didn't really know why. We ministered to several people, healing to several people. And, and I said, is there anything wrong with you? He said, I, not that I know of. I said, well, you know, I just really feel a strong urge or an unction to pray for you. And so Lee and I laid hands on him and prayed for him. And a year later, we were back in that church, and he met us in the foyer. And he talked about a few months after that, uh, having some back pain, going to the doctor. They found cancer in his body. Uh, a kidney had been destroyed. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the cancer didn't spread. It was a miracle. God had saved him. Just a great miracle. But this is what he said. I thought it was unique. He said when they went and took that kidney out, he said it was completely diseased, completely destroyed. But he said, my body had encapsulated it, and my body had kept it from spreading into the rest of my body. And the doctor said to him, that's not unusual. He says that happens many times where something in the body is diseased and it's messed up, but the body will come in and encapsulate that thing. I tell you, that's, that's a picture of how the God wants the body of Christ to operate and work. Where the devil tries to send some disease, some division, some heresy in there. But the body of Christ is flowing in love and in unity and in oneness one toward another. And all of a sudden that thing that the enemy tried to form, that weapon formed against us, just did not, it just got encapsulated and taken out. Thank God for that. So thank God for your health and healing. Lift your hands. Father, thank you tonight for health and healing in our physical bodies. That, Lord, here at Island Church, healing power is not passive, it's active. It's working in hearts, livers, kidneys, stomachs, lungs, in the tissue, in the blood, in the bones, in the marrow, in the skin of all of the members of the body. That healing power is working. It's bringing recovery. It's bringing blessing. It's bringing its manifestation of that which God intended it to do. And we declare over Island Church divine health, divine healing, and that the purity of our cups that we handle as individuals will stay pure with the Word of God and be seasoned with the love of God. And where there needs to be forgiveness, forgiveness will happen. Where there needs to be correction, correction will happen. Where there needs to be reproof, reproof will happen. Where there needs to be instruction in righteousness, it will be imparted. And Father, we thank you that every word of God that goes forth with anointing and power brings healing and health to the physical body of the hearers. Of the hearers. For you said your word is medicine. You told us to attend unto your word, to incline our ear unto its saying, to let it not depart from our eyes, 
but to keep it in the midst of our heart for its life, for we have found it, and its health, health, health. Everybody say the Word of God. Say the Word of God. Say the Word of God is health to my flesh. It's God's medicine. I receive it. It's working in my organs. It's working in my bones and muscles. It's working in my blood. It's working in my glands. It's working. It's not passive. It's active. And I worship you, Father, for the great sacrifice of your Son. And I declare, as much as I am saved, I am healed by the power of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now thank Him and rejoice that you're healed. Thank Him and rejoice. Just take a moment and rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice in our healing. We thank you for it, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.